back. Welcome back to another episode of You, you Didn't, Didn't Ask. Ask with Frankie and Tish. Have you ever wondered or thought or noticed how there's like a lot of like uber creepy ghostly paranormal connections to the Christmas holiday. Have you noticed that? I did recently when I thought about it. Like, well, this whole investigation we're doing about Christmas, um, ghost stories kept coming up. Yeah, and I, and I didn't really put two and two together uh, until really we started doing this podcast about like the whole Scrooge thing mm-hmm. and how Ebenezer. there's yeah, and how there's a uh, ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. And then I started thinking about how traditionally like some people i know really enjoy telling these kinds of stories mm-hmm. in winter during this month you know during like christmas time not necessarily just for like halloween or whatever but i never really thought about it and and didn't put the pieces together right i think we just kind of took for granted that the story just existed the charles dickens story of um a christmas carol christmas carol is that what it's called yeah yeah or is that that movie with... <laughs> no, that's the, the, the title of the book. Okay. So, like, it's a Victorian... Oh, I was thinking a Christmas story. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, the Victorian times, obviously, like, you know, there's a lot of macabre and spooky stuff associated with that Victorian age time period. And I, just because I never really thought deeper into it, didn't make that connection that um, there was a lot of spooky stories and that was something that was commonplace like the home alone of its time you know right yeah it's ghost stories are sort of like synonymous with christmas time Mm -hmm. and for a lot of cultures and i just kind of never thought about it or why or how or anything like that it just it's something that you you know you're you know since childhood especially with the whole ebenezer scrooge story and you don't really think about it it's just there and you just know it exists but why the when we start doing our research um we're finding that this was actually very very common um they the tradition of telling ghost stories Dates back um, even before Christmas One itself. One billion years. No, just kidding. I don't Probably. Know. <laughs> Who knows? But when you think about the history of humans. Well, it was a Christmas tradition in the late 1800s and early 1900s to, like, definitely tell bizarre Christmas stories and send bizarre Christmas cards and, like, that kind of stuff, for sure. That became more popular during that time. But you were saying, back in the day when you were young, we're back in you're the day, not a kid anymore. I'm definitely not. But a- some days you sit and wish you were a kid again? No. <laughs> Oh, no, not my childhood. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't bad. I would like to have started again, maybe like at 18, <laughs> like as an adult, but um, to make this, some different, more st- strategic decisions. I was but, good at 30, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. It, it doesn't really matter. But, 35 um, was the best. Anyway. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing to do with anything. 35. It was. It was a very good year. It was a very good year. (laughs) With hand gesture innuendos, (laughs) you guys didn't get to to grasp. (laughs) But, um, so humans, for as long as we've been gathering around the campfires and enjoying uh, each other's company, um, that's the opportunity that we had to share stories. And um, during cold winter nights when we're all stuck together... What better Frozen way? together. Right. So it says, like, the whole um, Christmas being the darkest 
or the longest dark day of the year. Um, that was also associated with um, the light fading. Yeah, it it traditionally had a close link to um, like solstice mm-hmm. t- type festivals right. where they viewed winter as the time that the light dies. And that, you know, that right there, like, you know, everything's getting dark. It's cold. We've been in our cabin in our house for a really long time. Who knows what's been going on as far as like people's like mental health. Also, we're, we're, we're dealing with, did we have an, uh, enough stuff to be successful and make it through the winter? Death occurs along through this. Um, there's either things that we're reading about um, where people would actually see their breath. And you can imagine being in a dark house that's dimly lit, being able to see your breath and what comes into mind in your head. Ghosts. Like, ghosts are just really easy to, to picture at that part, well, point Well, not in time. only that, but people tend to think that, like, Halloween is the time when the veil is the thinnest. But actually, because, you know, they view it, like I said, as the time that the light dies, mm-hmm. that this time of year, like around Christmas, December 25th, it's like the closest... Or I should say the thinnest the veil is between the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that we need to think about as far as like the reconstructuring and the commercialization of our holidays. How many things have been changed and conveniently fit into packages and removed. And I really think that the tradition of telling ghost stories during that time with your family is probably something that we should all try to incorporate back into our own traditions. Well, originally too with Christmas, like it's not, it was obviously not commercial like it is today. And it didn't have those like holly jolly happy, like, I don't even know what the word is for it. It it wasn't, it wasn't known for being that way. Mm -hmm. It was actually known for being more of a, dark time mm-hmm. and during the victorian era, era it was time to tell those super scary like they say chilling and icy stories because you're thinking about the cold weather and stuff right. it was the time to tell those stories in winter nights and and then they would also um send it, not like the cheery happy cards that we send today but mm-hmm. like super mor- morbid like chilling cards mm-hmm. like they said like anthropomorphic beetles and like deadly frogs that would be like stabbing something like it was more of like a really dark <laughs> don't forget you almost could die this this winter right <laughs> a really really dark time christmas it wasn't like you know, happy holiday season greetings. It was more like, watch out for the deadly stabbing murderous frog. So it makes you think about the Christmas Carol, too. And then, like, Charles Dickens. And he was successful in this book, but there were several other stories. Who knows how more entertaining. Maybe he just got lucky. Maybe he just had the right connections. But that's the one we stuck with. And, like, the story isn't that spooky. So, I mean, from my perspective... There might be some other ones out there that that should have, you know, need to resurface and have some light shown on them. Yeah, we should look up really old ghost tales. And uh, and honestly, too, it it people still have a nod to that time, that era, the Victorian era, because even in Christmas carols that we know well now, what is that one? The most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. There's a line in it where um, they say there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of ghosts of glories of Christmases long time ago, and that's a nod to like that tradition mm-hmm. of Christmas creepiness. And we have to also remember too, like this was this all these ghost stories and sitting together by the campfire that that's been around for a really, really, really long time. So, like, in the Christmas tradition, 
And in researching this, and you know us, loving mm-hmm. ghosts and all that, we've decided that we want to try our hardest to keep this ghost story tradition alive and have decided that we wanted to entertain you all by trying to conjure up <laughs> our own ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we thought would be perfect for this time of year when the veil is extra thin. And it actually proved to be uh, kind of successful. Yeah, we actually, um, Frankie had a, a, a ghost hunting kit, just conveniently, you know, like, hey, like, like people do. Zoo- yeah, everyone has one, right? <laughs> so um, she brought it over, dusted it off, <laughs> opened it up. If you caught the uh, the the video on, was on TikTok. Yeah, I posted a video on TikTok of uh, us unboxing the ghost hunting kit. So our whole idea was, you know, there's this ghost hunting kit. We have it. We have a, a place that's pretty active, and let's Ooh, yeah, start. Tish's house is. Let's just start fiddling around with the active. tools and see how things work because we actively want to start ghost hunting. Yeah, so we, as we've told you several times, our plans for the next year is to start traveling, staying in haunted places, mm-hmm. or at the very least visiting, um, doing that kind of stuff. So we decided to do a test run. Yeah. Like, I have some ghost hunting equipment. She has some ghost hunting we, equipment. Between the two of us, we had a pair of, uh, <laughs> what, are they called? what are they called? I can't think of it right now. Yeah, r- dowsing rods. Dowsing rods. She had a dowsing rod. I had a dowsing rod, and together we made a pair. Of yeah, we were both. Ha- it was we were missing one. I know. How is that a thing? And hers was like like all you know factory machine made by some engineer to like fancy <laughs> schmancy. It had like this like you know gyro uh, like gyro. Uh, well, it looked like a pen, and then you could pull it out and then yeah, bend it, it, it was and telescoping it- for convenience, yeah. <laughs> which is really nice feature. It was made out of brass. Uh, you could uh, it uh, you could hold it, and it had a thing to hold it, and its ability for it to spin on its own. So like you're not holding in the grip, and then not being able to move. And then like and on the very top, like it basically can go 360 and do like all this cool shit with it, right? So she had one high tech dowsing rod, only one. <laughs> <laughs> but then I had one that was homemade out of a uh, copper uh, hanger. And that one seemed to be very much attracted to you. Yes. I think because you made it, whenever Maybe. I put it in my hand, it would automatically follow, point at, at Tish and follow her. So we actually have video of this, of like me just walking and pacing in the room. Right. And then the, the dowsing rod actually following me no matter what direction I was. But then other stuff started happening with this dowsing rod. I'm just trying to decide what platform to post all this stuff on. Um, but I will post video or clips of what happened soon. Um, But just to talk a little bit about the ghost hunting kit and all the tools that we had. So we opened it up and inside was um, an EMF detector. Mm -hmm. So can you describe what an EMF detector is? An EMF detector basically um, just registers uh, differences in electrical magnetic fields. So like a, a normal electrical magnetic field should be anywhere from zero to 10 in any given place in the middle of your room. Any room that's not um, uh, extra wired with a whole bunch of electrical equipment, like TVs, computers, anything of that nature, with everything being turned off and plugged, uh, unplugged, it should be in a safe level between 0 and 10. Anything that uh, is above that level either means you have a lot of electrical stuff happening close by. There's some issue with your um, actual electrical stuff in the wall or there's something else happening. 
something else. Right. So if you can put it down and you have that, that zero to 10 and, you know, nothing is on and maybe you even have everything unplugged, then you should not be having any EMF fields going off or, or spiking in between like 20 or even higher than that. So, right. So when you use it, you can also see like the levels, like they'll go up and down or they'll just stay. And there's different consistent. settings too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like she said, it should stay pretty consistent. So we had an EMF detector. We also had a magnetic field um, that would bounce based on the magnetic fields. And we actually have that on camera as well and having uh, something uh, interact with it. Right. And then what else did we have in the box? A we motion had, detector? Um, yeah, we had a motion detector, which... Uh, we just tried to use, but decided to, uh, not use it because it was pretty late at night and it was very loud. Yeah. So because everyone else in the house was away or sleeping or whatever, we decided that that was not the best use of that. Like if at we, that time, right. right we so. may use it again if we stay somewhere else, but yeah. definitely not. I mean, it was way too loud. Um, we also had, I'm trying to remember everything that was in the box, a, the voice box. It's, oh, it was a... EVP? EVP uh, detector or EVP amplifier, sorry. So what it was is that it would just be, it kind of like a doctor's, um, uh, what do you call it, the tool that they use? A stethoscope? A stethoscope. It was very similar to that. And then where you would just place it and it would just amplify whatever sounds uh, or frequencies it was picking up on. And so what we did was we combined it with... um, Already some um, audio noise to help amplify and... Yeah, because usually, if you guys watch ghost hunting shows or, or anything like that, mm-hmm. you usually have like sort of like a radio that flips between stations really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't stay on a station and all you kind of hear is like static noise. Mm-hmm. And then what's that supposed to do is that spirits can manipulate the the, wa- the right. radio waves. Right, because you're giving them some platform or some energy to grab onto is a theory behind most of these that they can actually physically interact with these and, and have some showing of signs that they are just there aware or moving through a field of something. Right, so ours was like this, like almost like a speaker mm-hmm. amplifier. I don't know just- what to call it. So And it didn't have anything to offer it at background noise. So like she said, we had to connect it to something to give it like that scratchy snow sound. Mm-hmm. And then we actually did catch stuff that we believed sounded like yes, no. It was responding know. and it was also sounding like the responses sounded as if it was answering. Male or female. Hard to tell um, between that. Some some of them were obvious and some of them were not. Yeah, and some, it was like it was really trying hard to respond, but mm-hmm. all you got was like a screeching or like a high-pitched sound during that mm-hmm. time. But it was obvious like when questions were asked that something was trying to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did we have in the kit? Oh my gosh, it's so hard to remember everything that was in there. So we had the motion detector, the EMF, the... And then, of course, we had, like we said, our, our dowsing rods... And then we just sit in a dimly lit room mm-hmm. and we try to connect. So first, like we've said before on our cleansing episodes, and mind you, this is not something that Tish and I have made a habit of doing. It's nope. not something that we've ever done before. It's nope. not something that we do regularly. Nope. We are not professionals in any way. And if mm-hmm. anything else kind of felt a little, I don't want to say lost, but we felt unsure. Nervous. Yeah, I, 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 I can say... My general feeling going at first was like gung ho, and then as it was starting to get real, as the box was opening, as we're putting everything and testing all the equipment, 
I started feeling really unsure or uneasy that is this something we really want to do? Especially in a house with so much activity. Right. <clears throat> I was like, uh, is this going to amplify things in the house? Is it going to make things quiet down? And especially with, since we've told you, since we've started this podcast and we've started telling ghost stories our, of our own and things have already begun to... Um, amplify right kick up more exactly we're like hmm is this a good idea don't know but it's good entertainment so let's do it (laughs) entertaining for us entertaining for you i hope we can make sacrifices too (laughs) (laughs) so we decided to chance it and uh just like we told you if you're ever trying to make contact like i said in the cleansing episode the very first thing that you do is that you uh want to make sure that you are protected. You're protected. That's the first you and You make foremost. your intentions known. I only want positive things. I only want um, positive energy. I don't want anything that I don't want to interact with. I want to protect everybody in this house type of stuff. Like, Nothing dark and evil is allowed. Mm-hmm. Only positive light, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And even before we started doing it, I meditated for a while and I put out positive intentions. Mm-hmm. So clearing your mind and... Just coming in with like an open slate um, is where we really try to start off all this. And those of you who uh, also who've done ghost hunting and or uh, deal with this, if you guys have any other tips or concerns about something that we have done, we would like to hear about that as well. We're open to adjustments and we are open to just learning on uh, honing this craft. And not only that, but we're open to uh, if anyone wants to kind of help us or show us or Mm -hmm. whatever that would be cool or if you know any ghost hunters or whatever you can feel free to contact us so we set off on our journey and originally when we started uh like like tish had said we were super gung-ho really excited and then we contact so we made contact with something Mm -hmm. And so, I say something. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't know what the heck happened as as far as the other side or whatever was happening. Or, if you know, like, I, I don't even think it was coming from us. I honestly think it was something else that was interacting with us. And so we set really clear instructions for what we were interacting with. We are like, if you want to contact us, we have these objects here. Um, you're free to use them. This is how you respond to us. Like, uh, if you're going to use the dowsing rods, um, uh, a yes is going to be forming an X. A no is going to be spreading the dowsing rods away from each other. Um, Here is this um, equipment that you can interact with. If you need to say something, you can use uh, the EVP. And then it started. Yeah. And as soon as it started, the energy of the room changed. Oh, it got cold. So got so cold in that room and i cannot express like it the room like i even had to put the fireplace on one point but it, again you would just feel chills like it just got colder than i was expecting it to be and again like i said well i'll definitely share clips it or video of uh our experience but the first we when we did it it wasn't i don't want to say it was unpleasant but it wasn't pleasant Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it felt like untrue. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It felt like someone was lying to us. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel. It felt like it was trying to make us believe we had a connection with something that we wanted. It, but rather, it felt, tri- it felt like it was tricking us, right? So, um, 
with like the questions we were asking, uh, we were just trying to find out information like, you know, are you male or female? Uh, did you die in this location? Um, how old are you type of stuff? Well, asking yes or no question. Obviously, we're just trying to whittle it down to like, who is this person or what it, what is it that we're dealing with? And as we're doing that, um, it, 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 it sounded as if it was somebody that we knew. So I started asking personal questions that were yes or no um, that I knew to be false. I knew to because it was saying yes to everything. So I was like, we're not going to go in the questions as far as like the things that we know. Let me go ask some questions that don't make sense and see if we're still going to get the yes answers. And we continued to get yes answers. So we were trying to clarify. And I think that's where it kind of diverged from being inquisitive to like now I'm starting to feel concerned. Right, like almost like it knew that we knew that it was full of crap. Yes. And it didn't want to lose connection with us. Right, it didn't want the whole thing to end, so it was like trying to hold on to our attention. grasping straws, yeah. Right, and um, we started feeling, I, I started feeling really uneasy. Not, I wasn't scared at all. But what I felt was was kind of like frustrated and like, yeah, you know, maybe we should just stop this because it's it's not that it wasn't working, it's just, this is not what I had in- intended. And this is not what we agreed to. We, you know, we put all this intention out there and this is not what we're receiving back. Yeah. Um, it brought our energy down and mm-hmm. it brought our moods way down too. And not like angry, but more like overwhelming sadness. Yeah. So there was a point in which we were asking how, if they knew they had passed. It said no. And it said no. And at that moment, I felt like I connected in like a totally like empathic way in which I felt the sadness of somebody who found like or just like is mourning some new loss of life or I don't know. Cause I didn't at this point, we weren't that far into the conversation. Uh, we don't know this much about this, this thing that we're talking to. And all of a sudden I'm feeling the emotion of somebody who has just experienced a great loss and I felt it through myself. And at that point, that's when I, I really wanted to break. I wanted to step away because I felt like this is getting to be too much. Frankie, like, I know, I know you felt it soon after I did too. Like maybe it tried me and then it went after you too in that regard. And it was horrific. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean terrifying. It was just like, it took it to a place that was of great loss mm-hmm. and we had to end it mm-hmm. and we cried and mm-hmm. we both decided at that point because of the way that it made us feel that we would never do it in ever Tish's again. home ever yeah, again. We, were like, we had made it like this is, this was not a great, good idea. We shouldn't have done this. This is not something we want to do again. And we asked it to leave. Yeah. we And em- all, I'd say it took us a couple times of asking, but it, it finally left. And the energy changed immediately. Mm -hmm. And it was like nothing had happened. And the room warmed up. Yep. The room warmed up. That was creepy. And the thing is like, almost like, almost like daybreak. Yeah. Even though it was the middle of the night, it felt like daybreak. It felt like, you know, the sun was just coming up on the horizon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what was weird is right after this, me and her talking, we're done, blah, blah, blah. They're not moving on to another. Yeah. Moving on to another. My oldest son, who happens to be awake, strolls into the room and asks, What you guys are doing? And we tell him. And he's like, Oh, that sounds like fun. And then 
What happened next? We picked up a dowsing rod, and he started asking it questions. Yeah. And this time, the energy was completely different, yep. happy, uplifting, warm. Yep. And we're like, we can't believe we're doing this again. We said we'd never do it again, but it was... We were having a very positive experience. He came in there and, like, he was all about it. He was really enjoying the lines of questions. And unfortunately, I have to say that we had finished recording after the first try. We did not record the second try because uh, it was Tish's son. We didn't have his permission to record him. And he was asking personal questions that we didn't feel that it was fair that be shared if he not want them to be shared. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would... Would have liked to have had, like, at least a tidbit so we could show the difference of the experiences. Mm -hmm. But all we have is uh, our word. Well, he's definitely open for doing it again. And, you know, I I also think maybe the fact that we were recording the first time, we got something that just wanted the spotlight. And that's quite possible. That's actually probably what it was. And the second time, once that was gone and that was no longer a factor... Yeah, video was no longer that a factor, it was, audio recording was no longer a factor. It was, like, again, like, more personal and the actual energy that was in the house. And I was like, we're just theorizing. We have no idea. But um, we were asking very personal questions of people that we knew and we had lost. And it seemed as... And I, w- I didn't want to come out directly asking, like, are you this person? Or, um, But we were just asking different types of questions. And then... What other other things that were happening was we were asking the dowsing rod, point at Jeremy, and it would do it. Point at Frankie, and it would do it. Point at Tish, and it would do it. Point at the dog, and it would do it. Point at somebody who's not even in the room, and it would do it. Point where this restaurant is. Yeah, and it would accurately point at things that Frankie at the time was holding it, but there's no way that Frankie knew that because she doesn't live in the area. And even uh, you not knowing where certain people were in the room or in the, in the house. Yeah, like at one point I was trying to get it to point um, to where I thought Tish's son was. And I was like, why isn't it going that way? Like, mm-hmm. I'm so annoyed. It must not be working. But I could feel it like forcefully trying to point straight straight ahead and i'm like what the heck and then i looked up and tisha's son was straight ahead of me and i was all whoa crazy and then so we started you know we were having such a positive like response with the dowsing rods and it was being so responsive and quickly answering things and it was yes or no very clearly um and seeming to move on its own we decided uh decided to try using the evp and we were also and even um uh the emf and we were getting very positive responses or like hey can you say something through the evp we were getting things that sounded like someone responding like yes no we sounded um parts where you can uh, it, it sounded like someone was very frustrated and upset what well, do you remember what the question was we were talking about tennessee Um, Oh, it was about the dog. Do you like the dog? And it like flipped out. What else was it? We were asking if um, it had followed uh, Jeremy to Tennessee. Right. And it said it had. And at one point, he had felt something like near him. So we asked where it was. And it had confirmed that it was standing behind him, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which kind of freaked him out a little bit. And he got up and moved so he would have something behind his back. But, yeah, it was really interesting. And I was, like, really kind of, like, weirded out in a way where 
I was like, is it more of our energy? Mm-hmm. Like make manipulating it, you know, because it, it seems so weird that it'd be the first time us out the gate trying something like this and we got such a big reaction and mm-hmm. such a positive reaction. I'm like, it almost seemed unreal yeah. and like easy to doubt. And, but then like Tish said, asking questions where while I'm holding it, where there's no way that I would know the answer and then the answer being correct kind of made me realize, okay, maybe it's a little more real than I'm giving it credit for. And we had other people who were just like, yeah, whatever, she's moving it. And then we'd had them even later in the room with us the, the, the next morning asking questions directly to her and things, just, the, the dowsing rods moving and pointing at the things that they were asking to respond to and them even freaking out. They're freaking out because they're like, she has to be, Frankie has to be moving it. And we're like, no, look. Check it out. Watch it. And look, it, it, it's doing it by itself. Yeah, I'm There's like holding no my way. hands. My thumbs aren't manipulating it in any way. I barely have any pressure on it. And watch my hands. My body's not moving. My hands are not moving. And they were like totally tripping out. Other people had tried it too. And it worked with other people. But mm-hmm. for some reason, not as strongly as it worked with me. I don't know why. And that really weirded me out too. Maybe you just have a higher amount of energy that comes off of you. Maybe. Maybe it's because I'm always having hot flashes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I tried it, and it was working intensely the first time with me, and then the second time it wasn't. It was a little less intense. Yeah, it was very, very serene and calm and, like, just easygoing the Remember, time. it got, like, upset when Jeremy was trying to hold them, mm-hmm. where, like, it would spin a little bit, but then the... um little amplifier would get all crazy and he was like okay well i'm dropping him yeah and then as soon as he let him go like everything was fine like that was weird too it was just a totally bizarre experience i would like to do it again Mm -hmm. uh for you guys and catch it all on video or audio Mm -hmm. um and hope that it's just as responsive because it is definitely something that if you don't believe you will begin to question (laughs) yeah i think if you don't believe and you were to experience what we experienced, I think it would just leave you with more questions about like how and what does that mean over like the fact that like someone being blatant, blatant like someone must have been controlling or doing that because it was from our perspective and the people around us, it didn't make any sense for you to be faking it or doing that when it's very obvious that you weren't. Well, there was no way I could be. Like, if I moved at all, you could see me moving. If I shook, you could see me shaking. And one of them operated in a way where if you had tried to, like, spin your hand or spin your wrist, it would have moved. But you would have had to make an obvious movement in order for it to get going. Mm-hmm. You would have had to shake your hand or, or, like, wriggle your wrist in order to make it move like that. Like, any movement just standing straight upright, it wasn't going to do anything. The other one was handmade, and it didn't have any way that it could twist or turn. And you just hold it loosely in your hand, and then this thing starts spinning around. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's no way that you could explain that. There's no way that you could tell me. Like, even if, like, I would have to swing my hand around hard and fast to make that thing move Mm -hmm. it's like having a piece of metal or a piece of wood in your hand if you want it to move you're gonna have to spin your arm fast i'm just sitting there holding this thing straight up not moving whatsoever and it's just spinning around in my hand that was i'm getting goosebumps on my face talking about it even hans uh frankie's husband uh actually had in his hand just to test it and it it moved and turned and he his eyes 
were huge. Yeah. <laughs> and he was looking like all confused, like what the fuck is going on? And right. It was He's responsive. the non-believer. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the handmade um, dowsing rod seemed to be way more responsive than the mechanically one. Yeah, that one, one worked the best. Which I don't was know why if it was like your energy that was in it or what, or because it, it was connected to a specific person that was in the house. I don't know. And it's been there one. for a really long time, just pointing up and it's like, like just waiting for someone to use it for the years that it had been sitting there. Or the fact that maybe it was built out of different materials. Like again, it was made out of copper. So maybe that just made more responsive altogether. I don't, I like for me, not knowing um, metal properties as much, that might be a factor that we are just not considering and just don't know enough information about. Um, again, though, I would I want to say that I would like to try this again. I'll, you know, we, we can try to make a few short clips that we can put on TikTok mm-hmm. or Instagram or something when we try it and see if it works. But we have to get up to a thousand listeners on TikTok before we can do a live, which is our goal. We'd like to be able to do TikToks live with our ghost hunting equipment Mm -hmm. that would be totally rad so if you guys follow us on tiktok we'd appreciate it tell your friends tell your family tell your parents tell your spirits start tagging start tagging people start sharing it with people so that we can start having some experiences that are live that you guys can actually see and follow. And ask then, questions. You could have us ask questions. Yeah, that would be great if uh, we have listeners who could ask questions live with us as we're doing this. And then, you know, let us be your uh, your spirit guide, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, like I said, we would thought it was a great time of the year to do it with the veil thin. And mm-hmm. as we get closer to Christmas, I think it would be even more responsive. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to try that out. So and I was initially like super bummed after the first the first Trial attempt run, that yeah. we we did because I felt like you know this is not going to work and we're not going to be able to do this and all these things that we were hoping to do and or promised to do like we're we're going to have to cut that out and then do things that are safer or you know and then that second experience was so positive. Well, with your your son, it like made all the difference having yeah. that extra person in the room and the different yeah. energy. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but it really made all the difference. And he's he's game to do more. He he had a really fun time doing it. It was really fun for him. So, again, I I would definitely do it again, not maybe at the house, maybe some other location to test like it out. Like a graveyard? Yeah, a graveyard would probably be a really good idea. A hotel room? Mhm. Somewhere that's been confirmed as being haunted. In the woods. Yeah. I'd be I'd be okay doing that there too. On the USS Hornet? Maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. In the Shining Hotel. In your mom's backyard. <laughs> in your you yeah. In a listener's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> if any listeners have haunted houses or creepy things that they can't explain and you want us to do it there. Or creepy people that they live with. <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. I think I draw the line with the living. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You can't trust the living. But again, I know some people thought, like, some of our friends, you know, were like, oh, my God, you guys, you girls are crazy. But I'm like, you know what? It's, it's just time to test boundaries. It's time to not be afraid of stuff. It's time to just, like, just be informative. Yeah, and- I'm already even years old, and I've lived a long, <laughs> I didn't catch a that. How, long how boring <laughs> youth. So my adulthood needs to be more exciting. hmm I concur. <laughs> I was such a straight-edged kid that did nothing. You're so full of shit. No, I did stuff, but nothing like bad or got that I got caught for. Okay, maybe <laughs> I did. No, I did. 
No, I was the good kid. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I was a semi-good kid. I was a perfect angel. I not. asked permission to cut on senior cut day. That was the kid I was. I went to school once a week during my senior year. See, only once a week? I went to school once a week, and I would write notes and, and hang up the phone so that they didn't know I wasn't going to school, and I still got straight A's. <laughs> that's, that's who I was. Yeah. I had to work really hard for my A's, whatever. I had to work really hard to be able to just go the times that I went before. I, I probably should have dropped out and just in the F this or taken it or tested out like my, my son did. Had I known, I would have... I would have left early. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. But yeah, Miss Little Good Girl, uh, let's be bad. <laughs> let's make our nineties really fun. Mm -hmm. This this era in our lives. Did you say time. our nineties? No, our nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are both in our nineties. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm 21. <laughs> Again. So if you want to join us on this journey. We have some things planned in the works that are very exciting and spooky and terrifying. And we are just trying to figure out a way to make it as listener friendly as possible so that you can join us with all the things maybe you're just afraid to do or just want someone else to test out before you try to. Yeah, let us be your guinea pigs. <laughs> let us see how we fuck it up so you know not to. <laughs> That's the smart way to do it. <laughs> Let us be your huckleberries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what we did. And like I said, I'll be sure to post something about it. And then that's what you're going to have to look forward to in season two. Not that season one's over quite yet. Almost. But not quite yet. We're getting there. Hang on. Don't give up on us. <laughs> <laughs> Math I was just sitting